0: What's up, y'all? I'm J.J. McCorvey, a journalist who writes about business and blackness.
1: And I'm Shayna Watson, a fashion industry professional and writer with my eye on the social and cultural impact of trends and style. And And this is is Yo Business. business. Let's go. If you can gaze into the future, you might think life would be a breeze. Life is a breeze.
0: What? That's all (laughs) right.
1: I try to do all parts. <laughs> See and travel from a distance. Yeah. Go away but,
0: but it's not that easy.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> I try to save the situation. Then I end up misbehaving. That was a good show. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> That's so Raven. That was such
0: a good show. Uh, that
1: was. And it was a very black show for like who Raven turned out to be later. Shade. Uh, (laughs) for this i'm not black i'm (laughs) rave but that was a black show
0: very like i'm not black i'm oj a
1: hundred percent but that's what she felt about herself yeah but did you ever see the interview they did with the boy the guy that was her friend on that show
0: orlando he's um a mess he's come come on some hard yeah
1: he like looks so old it's really hard to see like child stars like that yeah
0: Yo business! Yo
1: business! (laughs) So, it's Mental Health Awareness Month, still. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm really proud of what we had with Tristan, and then we put out the bonus episode. And I just, like, love the idea of making topics of mental health so commonplace. Like, we are, like, nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to have stigmatized. We're just talking about Mm -hmm. what's really happening.
0: Yeah, and I think um, especially given what what this podcast is about it's about um career growth and and the workplace and like mental health is still central to all those Mm -hmm. topics so Mm
1: -hmm. so yes so we're still on that that's still our energy for Mm -hmm. this week um as we talk and i feel like especially because our first topics are just like trash trash police just killing black people literally for no reason um So mental health is very much a needed discussion with this. But um, so this week, I think it just happened maybe at the beginning of the week, but Baytown, Texas police fatally shoots Pamela Shantae Turner, who was 45 years old. She was unarmed. And the video, which I will never watch, but the video has her screaming, I'm pregnant before he shoots her five times and kills her. Hmm. Um, So the story is that he knew her before. She had some warrants. He has. He's been the police in her apartment complex, and he went to arrest her and tased her because she was resisting. Which, like, forty-five-year-old woman. This man was pretty large from the pictures I've seen. But sure, taser if you feel that's what your power has to make you do. Um, and then apparently she grabbed the taser and tased him because she was just like, "You're not. Mm-hmm. You're not going to just do this." And then. In response to her being unarmed, except for the same weapon he used on her. He shoots her five times. He shoots times. her five times. So, the story has, CNN has uh, further reported that her pregnancy is in question. She suffered from schizophrenia. And so, um, you know, which just adds another layer to the fact that this was unarmed black woman who could have been pregnant, no saying that she wasn't, and now has a mental illness yep so all things we cannot be and be safe
0: for me it highlights like who what kind of training are police getting to handle people with mental Mm -hmm. illnesses so it doesn't have to result in you shooting them five times uh because you can't you you don't know that they're having an episode right or Or even if she didn't have
1: a mental illness five times yeah she was laying on the ground already five times because she had your taser. Yeah. She didn't have a gun. And this is almost four years. In July, it'll be four years since uh, Sandra Bland. Did
0: a new video come out about the Of the, of the police yeah. stop? Arrested. Yeah. All
1: things. I've literally never seen any of these. I, do, I know my mind can't take it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Sandra Bland, there's always been foul play there of, like, whether she was even alive when she made it to the jail or not. And, like, they're trying to set it up as a suicide and it's just i feel like we hear all the time about black men being shot by police and then there are all these instances where there's black women which it's like not unexpected but it is just like shit yeah there's literally nobody there's nowhere that we are safe
0: yeah um i mean also and uh police being trash news um there was a viral facebook video that went out that showed um a houston texas police officer
1: what's up um, texas <laughs>
0: um i guess having been told some some false information about this man clarence evans um he basically just showed up at this guy's house um and attempted to, to arrest him for no reason um apparently it was a um case of mistaken identity um the the police called him an uncooperative vulgar mouth citizen vulgar um, mouth because he, i probably
1: work was cussing you out what are you doing in my driveway
0: yeah um and from i mean it was it was both parts fascinating and horrifying but to see the process of the police like taking out I guess what appeared to be some kind of photo or idea on his phone to say, is is this not you? And the guy's like, no, no. that's not me. And, and the, and the, the, the officer is forced to like retreat and go back to his car. And the guy, you can just tell he's just Clarence. Um, He's just so incensed. And like, uh like embarrassed that they did this in front of his kids you know um and i just sent like like, is
1: this not you you didn't think or take any extra steps to figure out if it was me first. you accosted first and then you ask questions later
0: yeah and i i guess i just thought in that moment thank god for i mean as much as we you know we and black mirror (laughs) um (laughs) new season coming up soon oh yeah um talk about the perils of technology like in that moment i was thinking thank god that his his girlfriend or wife um they didn't specify in the video had her camera and was recording the whole thing because they felt i feel like that added another layer of them to like not you know be violent with him um as he was saying no i'm not cooperating with your arrest because i'm not that person um
1: and which like you know in the pamela turner he had a body cam on Who knows if that will help? And then now police are saying that they're upset that someone was filming it and put it on social media. It's like, that was a
0: disrespectful part to you? Yeah, I can't believe somebody would be disrespectful. Disrespectful? You
1: killed her. And then a final police is trash. And I just have to say this because this is close to where I grew up. Um, Well, I guess kind of close. But in Pennsylvania, in a borough or township called Penn Trafford, um, they did an active school shooter drill at the high school and it was filmed and it was going to be shown to all the students. And the actor that they had playing the active shooter, they put him in a Middle Eastern headdress. No,
0: they didn't.
1: They did. They did. The hmm. funny thing is, that's not who's shooting up schools. Right. At all.
0: Like, you should have put him in a baseball cap. Yeah, and- It's
1: funny that you guys still want to push this narrative so hard that who we should be afraid of don't look like you. Right. Because who I'm afraid of, and I've told you this, there's some times that I understand how, like, white people feel when they see black people, because the news is telling you that black people are violent and dangerous. I feel that way a lot of times when I see, like, a looking loner white man, I'm scared and I walk to the other side of the street because the news is showing me that that's who's killing me.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's been times, well, you know, we've been, um, you know, at the same church, and, mm-hmm. like, at a choir rehearsal, mm-hmm. and,
1: you
0: know, a young white male has come in by
1: himself by
0: himself with a bag Mm -hmm. sat down Mm -hmm. at at this at this all black church Mm -hmm. and um and just got up and walked out and i'm and there was one time where i went and like make sure we had security in the building because
1: that it's the reality yeah so a middle eastern headdress does not make me that doesn't do anything for me no yeah because if i look back on the news of who is shooting up it's not him trash 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 trash. Uh, (laughs) what else you got
0: so um, speaking of um, you know, mass shootings. Um, so Facebook instituted uh recently a, a quote unquote one strike rule. Um, so uh it it's designed to ban people for a period of time after uh, if they abuse uh Facebook Live and the um the impetus for this rule was what's a period of time so. Uh, it doesn't. They're, they're not. <laughs> they um are not specific with that. They say, for example, thirty days starting <laughs> starting on their first offense. Mm-hmm. But the the um the catalyst for this was um you know uh the the mass shooting at two mosques in Christchurch in New Zealand, um where um that was about two months ago, where a long gunman uh live streamed. Um, We're
1: a terrorist.
0: Were a, ter- a lone terrorist yes. live streamed um, the the incident and um, and him killing fifty one people um, mm-hmm. and people were like sharing it a lot on um, on on Facebook um, and and YouTube and so Facebook is saying now anybody who violates that um, the community standards would get an automatic restriction placed on them um, again as it says for a period of time following that Trump um, kind of balked at it, you know, like, he, he, um, like, as these world leaders, as, for example, Jacinda Ardern, um, the one who banned, um, uh, semi-automatic, uh, gunfire in New Zealand following the massacre, um, as she and Emmanuel Macron of France were, um, We're trying to, you know, create some kind of, um, agreement for like countries to sign to like come out against online extremism, um, you know, and supporting what Facebook had done, um, with the, with the ban, um, the new, uh, rule, uh, the president's administration <laughs> said it would not sign that international agreement
1: which is crazy because uh, remember when his wife was all about cyberbullying yeah, be for best. like a hot 2.5 yeah. seconds be
0: best is what she was saying was that her phrase yeah
1: be best be- <laughs> how did you not because i literally I the campaign was
0: called be best
1: was that an acronym no that Just be best. The be best.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do.
1: Whatever life. you do. But also don't bully kids unless they're... Yeah.
0: So, yeah, the Trump... So, so one, so they said they would not push it. Um, they said in a statement that um, the United States is not currently in a position to join the endorsement. The best tool to defeat terrorist speech is productive speech. So I'm like... What kind of what kind of leadership do you have to be to like not want to like take down yeah. get rid of hate. Speech Yeah, get rid of hate. It's because those are his supporters. Then the White House went a step further on Wednesday and launched an online tool for people to submit instances of of when they see political bias on social media. <gasps> so like what if Facebook. Is-
1: 1984.
0: Exactly. Those are my thoughts exactly. So not only So when
1: someone talks out says bad things about them, they want to know.
0: Or Facebook bans you or, or gets or sends you a message and says, Hey, you can't be racist on my on this platform. They want you the Trump administration wants you to submit uh, what happened along with your email, your oh, contact information, all my. these things. That it is scary as hell.
1: Gosh.
0: It's scary as hell. Um, and on the webpage, it says social media platforms should advance freedom of speech. Yet too many Americans have seen their accounts suspended, banned, or fraudulently reported for unclear violations of user policies. No matter your views, if you suspect political bias caused by such an action, um, cause such an action to be taken against you, share your story with president Trump. Mm. This is terrifying.
1: Jesus. Come on back. We're, we're done.
0: And then just a uh, last little bit of our uh, tech news here. Uh, so the Supreme court made a ruling recently about um, Apple and its ability to uh, uh, take 30% commission on sales through the app store. Um, they ruled five, four five to four um, that iPhone users can pursue antitrust lawsuits against Apple and, um, uh, interestingly brett kavanaugh uh joined by the court uh joined the court's liberal justice and and um and uh making this go through um which was kind of surprising to me if it ends up that um it's going to be cheaper to one day sell things in the app store or on amazon i think that's that could be very good for entrepreneurs yeah that could be it will be
1: yeah pop culture this week i feel like We'll do this quick. I didn't have a ton, but Aisha Curry has been in the news a lot lately. Like Instagram's been talking about her. Um, and originally it was because she was on Red Table Talk a couple weeks ago and she made a comment about wanting attention from men, talking about her husband's groupies, people Her
0: husband is Steph Steph Curry?
1: Sure. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um Who's a basketball player? Yeah, talking about her husband's groupies and like how it, you know, makes her insecure, which I fully get um but then this week she came out on good morning america saying that she experienced postpartum depression and that led to her getting a botched boob job which then when i read more into it it wasn't that it was botched she's trying to say that they are bigger than she intended she just wanted them to lift them and now they're bigger and all of this to say i think this story to me Aisha turned 30 this year she was married she's been married for 8 years she has 3 children I think what's happening here is like what what happens to all of us when we turn 30, right? It's like you start to ask yourselves a lot of questions about who you are and your identity, and it's just unfortunate that she's doing this in the public eye. Um and so I think I think people have been losing sight of the fact that Aisha Curry was before she was Aisha Curry, she was Aisha Alexander and she was an actress and she has been a TV show host and a chef and a cookbook author and like she has all these things, but I think she's trying to figure out who she is and unfortunately, she's doing that in public and it just like reminded me of how important good friends and a good therapist are so that you don't feel like you need to use public platforms to vent at all times. Um, so I feel like I just wanted to talk about her in the context of who she is, and not her being somebody's wife, and that being the story.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I just remember. Um, I didn't I didn't know that she had suffered uh, from postpartum depression. I didn't know about the uh the boob job. Is it okay for me to say boob job?
1: Yeah, I mean the <laughs> breast augmentation. The
0: breast augmentation.
1: But I mean, they look great. So I don't know. I feel like it almost feels like she's just trying to defend why she got bigger boobs.
0: Yeah, which is interesting to me with her because, like, she she's very she puts out this very wholesome image, and it's like that's great, Mm -hmm. but you don't you shouldn't feel the need to like defend it, like defend your choices, like based on this image you've created. You know, like you don't have to tell us why your 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 boobs are bigger.
1: As Christians, yes, Black Christians, yes, Black Christian women. You feel it on your end too. We are really taught what we're supposed to be from a very young age, and mm-hmm. it's so ingrained in us. And so, it does take a lot of bravery to decide to be something other than that. Mm-hmm. And I just think I think she might be getting there, but she just turned thirty, right? Yeah. Like she's just trying to figure it out.
0: In our last episode, you know, Tristan um, and Amoy talked about being an entrepreneur and the importance of um, mental uh, mental health. During that whole during that process, mm-hmm. right, and taking care of herself, and you know, she has so much going on that I didn't even know about. I Didn't know she had a show on, on the Food Network. I didn't yeah. know she was a a TV host, a chef, and a, and an author. And I think, um, in addition to being you know a successful businesswoman and being married to Steph Curry, it's like okay, uh, th- some therapy <laughs> would be right. helpful here.
1: <laughs> right. I think you had a quick hit about the queen.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, we've talked about homecoming for like the past three episodes, you know, but. Because when Beyonce does anything, it reverberates. Yeah, reverber- you
1: talk about it, it forever. It reverberates yes, throughout Yes, you talk time. about it until uh, <laughs> the next thing that
0: she does. But I just saw this quick, uh, this stat that was interesting. So according to Nielsen, 55% of the viewers uh, of Homecoming were African Americans within the first seven days of its release. Um, the next movie to come even closer to that was Bird Box, which is so funny, with, uh, <laughs> with 24%.
1: Of a black audience? Yeah. Why do we love Bird I don't Box? Know. <laughs> I didn't it wasn't
0: Bird. that good but you it. know i did end up watching it with uh my boyfriend and his mom on christmas
1: so. that's so weird i wonder why what did we want to see about this movie I don't oh, wasn't you know. wasn't there a black guy uh, in it uh, from Mo- moonlight Fervonta.
0: oh yes that's uh, why we
1: were wild. like okay yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> put us in something we come out
0: yeah so that was um that was a quick hit and then um i love octavia spencer's new upcoming <laughs> movie ma um, and where she plays a scary she, like it,
1: serial killer.
0: It, it, this is what it looks like to me. I I can't like, I don't know. It's hard to glean too many details from the trailer, but what's apparent is that she was kind of an outcast in, in, in school mm-hmm. and then, um, she gets older and then she befriends the children of her classmates that made fun
1: oh of her. i didn't know they so were the children now, of so of now she's kind of
0: terrorizing these kids and i love it this kind of weird like um uh serial killer psycho kind of role for somebody like octavia spencer it's just, it's, it's different you know like she's not terrorizing like the hood you know either she's like terrorizing these white kids of her class (laughs) and i kind of love (laughs) that
1: i i can see where that is a good cultural step but i also just think like white fear is literally why we are living the trump lives that we're living now and so like i just worry about black terror connected to white fear like it's one thing to have a movie where white people are being murdered but like solely murdered at the hands of a black woman we don't know
0: she's murdering them yet
1: tortured at the hands of a black woman <laughs> while we're trying to like move forward and would love to see a black female president it makes me nervous
0: last quick hit um i thought was cool like sterling k brown recently par- partnered with the pharmaceutical company bristol myers um to um promote cancer awareness and tell uh, the stories of um help tell the stories of cancer survivors um people who have lost um family members and friends to cancer um yeah and it's i think it lives on the the uh the videos where he's interviewing these people uh lives on their website
1: cool I have, I have too many thoughts about this to get into, honestly, at this point. I think, like, big pharma is garbage. And so True. I'm always, like, a little leery of when they're partnering. You know, my mom went through a breast cancer diagnosis and journey and battle. And um, just to look at the price of cancer, right? Cancer is – the reason, in my mind, the reason that cancer hasn't been completely cured is because it's a – such a billion trillion dollar business Mm -hmm. and big pharma benefits so much off of the fact that one dose of chemo is $60,000 right and so it's like you want to bring awareness but then do you want to make the cure available to everyone and Mm -hmm. like insurance companies then partner with big pharma and insurance will pay for my mom's medicine but they won't pay for her acupuncture right Mm -hmm. and so it's just like so great for awareness for an issue is a good thing Sterling, I love the partnership. is interesting to me, and sometimes I just like the these tokens. It it makes me leery of like we we all have a connection with cancer, right? Like I don't think there's many people that don't know what, at least one person that has battled it, passed from it. Um, so I think it's exciting anytime a survivor gets to tell their story. But I'm. I'm not as gung-ho about this as I would be if Bristol-Myers was a different company.
0: I feel that. Yeah. Those are very good points. Yeah.
1: Um, All right. And this, I just...
0: Take a deep breath.
1: <sighs> these abortion bills are so scary. The big conversation this week was Alabama's abortion bill, but... It's in Missouri, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, Georgia. Georgia. Like So it's not just Alabama. But this week, Alabama passed a bill where abortion will be a felony. Doctors could get up to 99 years for completing a successful abortion, which is way more than a rapist will ever get.
0: By the way, in none of these, are there any consequences for the men?
1: Duh. <laughs> there never are. And it's just like, yeah, number one, this woman didn't make the baby herself. Number two, I, I've been very interested in the silence of men who, some of who I know personally have benefited from abortions. Mm. Yeah. So it's just like, it's not just us. And like, what what is scary to me is regardless of how you feel about abortions, right? I've seen a lot of Christians be, Really shitty about this, in my opinion, because they want to they want to harp on the fact that they feel like abortion is murder, and that's wrong. It's not about abortion. This is about taking away any agency over what happens to my body, correct. And what, since I cannot get pregnant on my own, this is about taking away any responsibility or accountability for the other person that needed to be involved for this baby to happen. Taking away this choice. Harkens back to my mom and I were talking about this today. When I was younger, you used to have to get your parents' signature to get birth control. So it's just like this idea that women do not have ownership over their own bodies has been going on for a very long time. And... The trash of people came out this week. Like we already knew DL Hughley is like literal walking garbage. Something's Something's wrong with him. He posted a meme that says, oh, so you guys just want the government to make men be dads. But when they want to make women be moms, you're upset.
0: Does making women does making men be dads involve carrying a child to right. In your Right. No, your that belly? means you made the
1: baby, and yes, you <laughs> should have to be responsible for it. I'm just like, and you know who else was garbage? He didn't say anything, but his uh, his past came to bite him uh, again. Yeah, Joe Biden, because Joe Biden was v- is very anti-abortion and was like back in the '70s talking about how Roe votes. Roe v. Wade went too far, and now we're giving too much of a choice. Add that to the list of reasons. (laughs) Uh, No, it was actually in the 80s. It wasn't that long ago. Add that to the list of reasons of why Joe is not on my list. Um, But I don't know. All of this is just very scary to me as a woman. Didn't plan on having a baby anytime soon, but... (laughs) I want to be able to, I'm the only person that has had this body for 32 years. Why should anyone else be able to tell me what can happen to it? And especially like the new Alabama one doesn't even have any rape or incest clauses. Nope. So you want babies born. Like it's just, (sighs) I'm tired. I don't have any more to give.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Are we going to be able to watch uh, the new season of Handmaid's Tale together?
1: I don't know because I mean, we're in it. But I can only imagine that they. I feel like they've done a really good job at making you see the connection between what's happening and that. So mm-hmm. I can only like. I feel like probably every day their writers are like, yes, yeah, yeah, like we yeah. had we have six more seasons to go with For this. Real.
0: Like it, it, that's the funny thing because the first season was only based on uh, that book. You know the the book from like, beginning to All end.
1: Oh right, yeah.
0: And so this country just like keeps providing more material for more. yeah margaret was out
1: here like i knew number one she knew what she was talking about back Mm in the 70s and number two yeah it's just like she keeps getting new material basically every day for it it's just not important (laughs) to anyone consent isn't important rape Mm -hmm. isn't important the only thing that is important is controlling what women do with their bodies i saw
0: somebody tweeted the other day like um if you make if you make vote if you make uh, abortion uh, a felony that also takes your voting
1: rights. Right. So, so what do you think they're you're trying, trying to do? To take
0: women's voting rights. It's yes. Like,
1: wow. And it's just like abortions. I've said this before. Are still going to happen. And then when these babies come out and the parents can't take care of them, are you then going to support better healthcare and better housing and better education for babies that we weren't equipped to take care of? Right. And what happens when they're gay or trans or Muslim or black? Then you right? don't want them. Then you don't want them. Mm-hmm. There's live babies in cages still, and you seem not to care, but you're worried about this heartbeat that I heard. <laughs> Come on. Come on. So I'm just like, I'm exhausted. I do appreciate you a lot because I feel like you were one of the only men in my life that asked how I was feeling about this because it is such a jolting reminder that this is not the stuff of my mom's childhood, Mm-mm. right? This is something that's happening right now. When I look at this and I look at the fact that black mothers are 50% more likely to die, die in childbirth than their white counterparts, it's just like, this uterus is locked <laughs> because I, I don't stand a chance. Mm. And so um, so I, I do appreciate you because it was like that day, I was just like, damn, yeah, it's tough.
0: I know that we have, that you kind of have some complicated feelings about like drag queens and fem- and feminism. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of one of those moments where I was like, this is what Shane is talking about. Mm-hmm. So there's a drag queen who I, I love, Shea Kool-Aid, should have mm-hmm. been the winner of season nine, but mm-hmm. Sasha Valore ended up winning because she pulled some roses from under her wig. Okay. But anyway, so <laughs> Shea kool is like this fierce black drag queen from Chicago. And she reposted like a meme that, that it was like a diagram of like, it says, um, what to do if you have an opinion on women's rights, um, on women's reproductive rights. And it was like, start here. Do you have a vagina? And then like the next thing was like, no. And then it was like, okay, shut up. Mm. And while I I get how like a diagram doesn't leave room for clarification right. on nuance, right? I think what they were trying to say is you should not have an opinion right. on what a woman does with her right. body.
1: And yeah, you shouldn't be able to make rules about it. Right. But, yes. what,
0: but I think what that also does is um encourage men to think who, it's not
1: your issue to
0: think it's not your issue mm-hmm. and it is it is we will need men in who are in power and have influence today to like to be allies you know and to so speak out you know and, and to
1: care because it does affect you still it does affect you all still. have moms yeah and we're all human right like i'm never for the bullshit of like oh i didn't know about women's rights until i had a daughter and i get out of (laughs) here so you never met a woman human being that you cared about their well-being women
0: you put your penis get
1: out of here here. right and so no i do hear that it's just like no you shouldn't be making rules about it but should you be speaking up 600 percent. that's
0: what i said i said and i and it was interesting too because i commented and i was like you know, my opinion is that women should be able to have control of their bodies. Yeah. And, and I also said that, um, you know, this is dangerous only because, you know, uh, when we think about the black struggle, like, like, I would never post a meme that says, "Do you have an, do you have an opinion on the, on, on the black struggle?"
1: Right. Then no. don't. Right. Uh,
0: are, are you black? No. Then shut up. No. Right. Because no. you, we need white people in power to be like, no, this is wrong. Right.
1: And I'm gonna use and all I'm my privilege. Use all my privilege. Yep. Which it. men and also so need she to up do. Deleting it. Ooh! Oh, look at you, social justice warrior like, hey. yeah she's like i didn't think about that right.
0: well whatever i can do right. to make this world less trash. yeah
1: because that's dangerous anything else in politics
0: yeah just one last thing um
1: de blasio's running for president <laughs>
0: no not that because he just said his ass
1: right down. he's not doing well at the job he has now and ride the subway bill <laughs> it's awful <laughs>
0: i mean just the fact that he like f- just fixed his mouth just like i'm running for president after the trash that people have to deal with here is it's
1: hilarious. crazy get out of here bill like, you know what i think 2020 candidate right? but that's is it also really easy to run for president it seems like, like how many people uh, man, are doing could. it right
0: yeah i guess so.
1: i mean let's yeah. i don't have anything going on not like good. it's just like what's happening but we'll
0: probably get some a book deal we'll probably like get some exposure for your business yes <laughs> like, it's just like get i'm some like speaking fees is this, in this an instagram joint.
1: poll because it seems really easy to do yeah
0: so no not that <laughs> i was just gonna skate on right past that <laughs> Um, but Donald Trump is making yet another proposed plan um, to restrict immigration. He's he says that um, we're not sending our quote unquote, you know, uh, best uh, p- countries are not sending their quote unquote best people here. Um, so they need to. He's going to make sure they have like, um, you know, a they're certain best people. They're going to have a certain educational requirement and skill set i guess um like him exactly
1: (laughs) he wouldn't make it neither would his wife
0: yeah another um way that they're trying to like make this country less brown
1: and and make sure that we continue to think that the problem with this country is brown correct and is immigrants
0: correct when it's not and the consensus is that none of these plans you know he, he tries to like promote these these immigration reform plans as good for the tech industry and uh, because a lot of companies hire immigrants um uh, from other a lot of the tech companies hire ing- immigrants from other countries um and the consensus on a lot of this bullshit is that one it lacks details but also it would actually be harmful for the uh, tech industry to not be able to import uh, to have restrictions on who they can import from other countries as employees. So that's all. Gross.
1: <laughs> um, well, I think the more cultural awareness we have, the better, which I feel like is a good lead-in to our guest today. Uh, we have Don Elevert, who is the former National Director of Global Accounts for TransPerfect Translation and has now pivoted into a voiceover artist. So I feel like he has a lot to teach us about... Using that corporate to stock up for what you want to do. And then also taking that cultural awareness and that knowledge of what is happening outside of the U.S. um, in order to push forward your passion. So come on back. Yeah. Okay, so today we have Don Ellivert, who is the former National Director of Global Accounts for TransPerfect Translation and has now pivoted to an awesome career as a voiceover artist. So we're really excited to have him here today to talk about corporate, pivot, doing your own thing, um, and kind of what is happening in the voiceover world. So hey, Don.
2: Hey, how well, you doing?
1: Good, how are you? Thanks for trekking to Brooklyn today?
2: <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Do you ever come to Brooklyn trekking.
1: on the weekends?
2: Uh, I used to come a lot more when I had Nets tickets. Oh, I'm a huge Nets got fan. it. So I used to make the trek frequently, yes. but the last couple of years, not so much.
1: Okay, because I know I never go to Manhattan on the weekends mm-hmm. unless... You know, this watch one. it. <laughs> this one lives in Harlem, so I'm just like, oh, where's my passport? But... <laughs> and
0: your snacks and your water. <laughs> and my snacks and my water
1: and my charger. Yeah. Now I have a portable charger, so I will never oh, look at get stuck look again. At yes. Um okay. So let us hop in. So you know, we what you're doing now is voiceover work, which is such an interesting feel to me. like I don't think that's something that I've thought about, even though I we listen to it all the time. Um, so can you tell us kind of your pivot from corporate to this and what made you decide that you were ready to delve into this world?
2: Yeah. So it's interesting because I was never, I never intended to stay in the corporate world, even as long as I did. I initially came into it with a plan. I had set goals for myself, which were I had kind of a four year plan. I was I wanted to um, pay off my college loans and then just establish a little bit of savings and, you know, maybe get some some investments going or something like that so that I could then actually pursue my passions. I had grown I grew up. In doing creative creative arts, so mm-hmm. um, I was I was a trained dancer, a trained pianist.
1: Oh, excuse that. I, All right.
2: <laughs> I sang competitive acapella in college, um, and it was just after college. I just said, you know what? I hate the thought of having debt, so let me get it, get get myself out of debt, and then mm-hmm. and then chase my dreams, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I started working at TransPerfect, things went better than I could have ever anticipated. Um, I moved up the corporate ladder. I kept exceeding my goals, and every year you kind of, uh, you know, if you're a goal-oriented person, which you have to be to succeed in in business, right, and in right. life in general, you reassess com- almost on an annual basis. And my four-year, five-year plan suddenly, I woke up one day and realized, wow, I've been doing this for 14 and a half years. Wow. And I was doing my standard life assessment, kind of, what are my personal goals? What are my professional goals? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Right. And I think I want to say it was a little, uh, this last summer I was in Barcelona traveling, going to a colleague's wedding, having the time of my life realizing, you know, that, wow, I've, you know, I've achieved my, some of my financial goals and that's enabling me to do this. And, but I also realized like, why am I not, what is that little not happy feeling in the back Mm -hmm. of my mind Mm -hmm. that that's going on? And I realized as I was trying to figure out what the plan for me for the next year was, was. I, despite the fact that I had achieved success and liked what I was doing to a to a degree, uh, it was no longer fulfilling a a something that I needed to get to the next stage. Right. And so I was ready to move to the next stage. And I think that's I realized I was just kind of I was remaining complacent out of fear.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and that's what a lot of us do, right?
0: Tell us. Uh, go back for a second. And tell mm-hmm. us about what TransPerfect is and
2: what you were doing there. Yeah, so TransPerfect is now the world's largest provider of foreign language services, you
1: know? which is another business I've never
2: thought about. Right, <laughs> like
1: yet. when you think about subtitles and like when you go to movies and see, I yeah. you never think that there is an agency that does that worldwide.
2: Oh yeah, it's a it's quite a fascinating. I learned so much from. Being there. In fact, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have even known uh, about the voiceover world and how to get involved in that if I hadn't been selling foreign language voiceovers so much. Mm. Uh, But yeah, think about everything. Look at every product you have that you know comes from overseas or is going to be sold overseas has packaging that needs to be translated especially with in the in your retail and fashion background we have a big retail practice at transperfect um and we do lots of translations from everything from the websites to the packaging to internal corporate documentation wow Uh, my expertise was in marketing and global brand management so um i really focused on helping brands take a campaign um, both the imaging and the words mm. and determine, okay, how are you going to actually take the same message and ensure that it's successful in uh, other foreign, either foreign markets or multicultural slash multilingual markets here in the U S. So it was really fun. And I kind of, uh, you know, put us on the map in that area, um, establishing some relationships <laughs> with some <somebody. Right. laughs> life <Light laughs> flex, <laughs> life flex, life flex. He's
1: like, I mean, it kind of didn't exist before I got here, but yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: So, so, yeah, back to Shana's question. Like, uh-huh. when, when did you get the spark? Like, how did you wh- – what was, what was like, the first
2: stuff? Right, you step did you Barcelona.
1: Up? You knew something was missing. You learned about voiceover from working at this company. And mm-hmm. then
2: – I basically just sat down doing my – almost almost a- annually, usually in the summertime, it would when I'd be when I try to reassess, like, what 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 am I doing and why am I doing it? Mm-hmm. Because I try not to in the wintertime because it's too depressing to me. Right. What, wintertime. Yeah, no <laughs> but, one wants to be doing
1: anything. But,
2: and then I looked at – I said, you know what? You already paid off the loans that you wanted to pay off years ago, mm. um, and you're past the financial mar- benchmarks that I set for myself in every category for, as far as investments, savings, retirement savings, etc. So why are you doing what you're doing now? And I turned around and said, "You know what? I'm just purely I've just been too afraid to actually move on to what mm. it was I really wanted to do, and why why I started all of this." Yeah, in that
1: first place. comfort was there. Yeah.
2: And so um, that's when I just kind of looked myself in the mirror and said, you know what you want to do. I think most people most people know what they want to do, what they Mm -hmm. want to be doing. But it's a matter of have you figured out how from a practical standpoint to take what you're passionate about and actually make it something that you can do professionally. Right. Because like, for instance, like uh, one of my favorite quotes um, and inspirational quotes is, uh, from a speech that Denzel Washington gave, I forget which university he was giving the commencement speech, mm-hmm. but he goes on and talks about, um, to don't be afraid to, to fail big in whatever it, it, but you know, professionally, yeah. he even, even, he even, he even uh, uh, clarifies, but mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, I, I, really just realized that most of what holds us back from actually achieving success of what we're actually most passionate about is Does just our fear? own fear of failure.
0: What did you do specifically, like, um, I'm always interested in how people kind of set themselves up to pursue, like, the passion, right? So, without, like, telling us all your business, right. how much, how much <laughs> what's, money right, what's in the bag, um, <laughs> can you, like, just, you know, for other people listening to this who might be like, okay, I can take these steps and, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of grant myself a little more security, like, are we talking, you know, put stashing away for a certain amount of time in your savings account, mm-hmm. you know, like, kind of, uh, withdrawing from 401k for a little bit or anything like that
2: um so i made sure that i had at least enough money to live at the least comfortable me you know lifestyle let's say Mm -hmm. that i that i'm that i'm okay with and be at that point for two years if i if i if i don't make anything okay. doing wow. what i'm chasing my passion for. that's, so, a, that's
1: a good marker to know. Yeah. yeah. So
2: that's actually the piece of advice i'll give to people because a lot of the time i think what what happens is people, you know, when when i was saying before like people find themselves unhappy in their job, mm-hmm. the, the what, what the way to turn an unhappy current job situation to a happy one is to is to have goals for yourself that you're working towards mm-hmm. that what that that job can fulfill. So that job doesn't need what you're doing doesn't need to fulfill your passion directly, but if it's fulfilling your ability to save. Right. And that's what that's what I was talking about before. Like when I was what what was fueling me in my in my role at in sales at Transperfect was always that what I had in store in the plan for in the back of my mind for what I wanted to do down the road. And that's why when that was no longer a hurdle, it became something that that's when I had that self-realization that all right why am I still doing what I'm doing if right. I've already put put, back, put away what I knew I needed to put away in order to move on to the next phase.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. You're making me also, I'm quiet because I'm just like, damn. <laughs> Cause you know, it's like for me, I, I definitely don't have two years worth saved away, <laughs> but I've kind of made those, those limits for myself too. And then mm. every time a paycheck comes, you're like, ah, but this is nice. Yeah, you know,
2: but part of it also part of what goes with it is okay. I mean, you've you've known me for a while Like uh, a lot of people who know me would always two things that I think it's uh, sometimes people would comment on on is one They would say wow, man How have you been doing the same working at the same place for 14 years and doing what you're doing? And don't you want to change and I was like, well, first of all the company is great mm-hmm. We're the we're the best at what we do. I get treated very well there um, and it's helping, you know. It's giving me right. The, you always the, the knew that, it that I, want, I wanted for down for down the road, yeah. right? Um, so it's you know, it's there. There's just like like anything. I think I think that it's part. It, it, it's it's part of it as being as planned out as possible as you can for the things that you can predict.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, and let's talk about so you know. Yo business. We Mm -hmm. love blackness here. So um, I feel like whenever we talk to someone who works in corporate America, as I do, as JJ has, um, we understand the diversity and inclusion rat race that can sometimes happen there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I know that you are no stranger to being the only if one of few higher level executives at these companies. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just talk a little about that and kind of what how you feel looking around not necessarily seeing other executives that look like you
2: it's interesting because you you part of you takes a sense of pride at, at times mm. in in what you've achieved um but then there's also part of you that looks around and says this is kind of weird being the only person who looks like me and thinks like me right. in certain settings right um i always but i found that the best way to succeed in those settings was not to not to really harp on what the 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 issues and and really to focus on all right what is it what am i good at and what what makes me a valuable commodity that that nobody can argue about and nobody and and whatever anybody's perception of me per my race my religion whatever the heck it might be there's certain things in the business world that are undeniably i don't Mm. care i don't care what Personal thoughts, are going through a CEO or executive executive's mind. They care about
1: the money. Are you?
2: They care about are you Are you profitable? Right. <laughs> are you for the bottom line, and are you going to help drive growth? It changes, though. It de- I will say things change once you actually get to that the level of success where you are part of management in the corporate machine. Um, what does become a little tricky is when. A lot of uh, when people started coming to me as a sounding board Mm, for um,
1: all of the for
2: advice on how to get to where I how to navigate Mm -hmm. the corporate you know corporate white corporate America successfully in the way that I had managed to that actually became very difficult. That's when things became complicated for me. Why is that? Because um, I was very comfortable in just doing the job being mm-hmm. successful at doing the job Keeping your head and doing do, keep, keep, mm-hmm. doing the job well mm-hmm. um and 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 comfortable and kind of compartmentalizing my own issues mm-hmm. that I had and challenges that I had to face but when I realized that I was now a mentor that for others younger folk to look at I realized that the thing, things things that I was able to th- things yeah it. things that I was able to to just kind of Again, compartmentalize and be like, you know, I'm gonna focus on these other aspects for me. It became harder for me not to focus on on those things when I when I w- felt like they might impact other people. Mm. So I started I started have giving a little more voice. And I think that's another challenge that a lot of black successful black executives face is at what point are you is it no longer just about you getting ahead, but actually giving back and helping others who were in a position where that you were in 20 years ago right. or however long ago to to actually achieve what you've achieved. Challenge.
1: It is, and <laughs> and you and I. I feel like this is a good segue because you and I have talked about um, this whole sounding white concept which I've heard also my whole life and like I always get comments about how articulate I am as if that's a surprise that I wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be Um, mm-hmm. and you know that movie Sorry to Bother You came out that was like very much about this idea of like did you see that?
2: Yeah well funny thing I haven't seen what? it but I, and I've heard that that I it's so directly correlated yes. to my experiences yes. so I do need to go watch it. Yeah that. and just <laughs> things you and
1: I have talked about yeah. I feel like it is because it's like the guy's working in sales and mm-hmm. doesn't get successful until he he turns his white voice on and then mm-hmm. everybody loves him um, so if you could talk about that kind of like this sounding white idea the idea of code switching mm-hmm. and how that has transferred into your voiceover work
2: yeah so the code switching topic which we've we've talked about yes. before is an interesting one to me because I think you usually hear people talk about especially when you hear black folk talking about code switching it's usually about you know how you switch Putting up on, when you're yeah. when you're gonna be in an all-white environment right. for me, it's interesting because code switching is an ever persistent aspect of life regardless of what type if I'm going into any type of homogenous environment, because right now how you're hearing me, mm-hmm. this is this is how I sound. Right. Right. So I'm I sound, if that's again, I hate saying it that oh, same. way. So we're gonna put quotation marks around right. that, right? <laughs> but I sound like a middle-aged white man or at least that's what I've been told since I was in my <laughs> Which in my I 20s. don't
1: hear. There's a bass in your <laughs> voice that. that is black man to me, <laughs> That's so what I calm think. Down, everybody. That's what I that's yeah. what
2: I think. But at least but at least if you if you just hear me on the phone for the first time, right. especially I probably especially when I'm put you know, doing a, per, a, professional, a professional sounding yeah. voice. And again, it's not trying that's not white. I never no. tried We're to sound white. We're about to be professional white. also. I just tried to sound professional. Right. But the second I turned on professional sounding voice, And I, you know, I'm not just making this up now. I had to come to terms with this because I didn't believe that Mm -hmm. until it got to the point where in my first sales job, um, it was all over the phone sales and I got really good at it. That's when I realized, oh, sales, this is something that I didn't I didn't know you could actually make this kind of money and be successful in. Mm. But when it really became apparent to me was the first time that I was on the phone trying to close a deal with someone who I'd never met in person who started being real chummy chummy with me and throwing racist jokes out out no. there and telling me that they could tell that I was an old timer just like them and believe that I and that, that I had the same sentiments as them. And I got caught up in this situation where I'm like, wow, I'm speaking with this person who is full on not even hiding their racism. Right. Assuming that I'm not only white, but assuming that I'm white and in agreement and with, them, with, their, yeah. with the sentiments of what they're saying, this is some crazy stuff. And that's that's when I really realize okay there definitely is something to what people have told me because my 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 colleagues at the time used to joke around and be and say oh the reason you you close all these deals faster than we do is mm-hmm. because people think you're you're an old white guy. Yeah,
1: it's like <laughs> so, no, cause I'm better than y'all. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's that is yeah. that is what drives me nuts though yeah. about that stuff. Where it's like, wait a minute, let's not try to create an excuse of
1: why, yeah,
2: of why why I'm more successful right. than you guys, right? Because and say it's because I sound because first of all, I was like half uh, most of you are all white guys. Yeah, so white. you should be so, winning so, out. So, you should be out here so winning too. So if that's the reason, that, yeah, right? How does a of
0: uh, work in the reverse like how does Mm -hmm. it affect your ability to like navigate mostly black spaces or like spaces where you know people might have a more strong dialect
2: (laughs) (laughs) um it just makes it i just feel like it's something that i'm a i don't necessarily switch up like i'm i'm always gonna be me i'm never Mm -hmm. gonna be fake but i'm just more a little more cognizant of the fact that oh i definitely can, can probably can relax my mm-hmm. my diction so to speak mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. in it or, or it'd be a little a little more laid back and and you know s- switch to you know not having to use such formal language but again like we were saying it's not it's not something that like i don't think about how i don't i don't purposely think to sound a, a certain way just right. sound the way that you are but but interestingly enough in the in the voiceover profession in the I guess when it comes to the black world of voiceover, I have uh, recently found that to, is gonna, it's going to be an oddly uh, difficult aspect of that world for me because even even this last week alone, right? So when you're doing voiceover work, you're like, you're on like websites and you're going and you're trying to get auditions and all this stuff. I've had at least three times this week that I've received audition requests that wanted an urban or black voice where I've, felt compelled to actually put in my proposal and response, hey, I'm actually black. And if you want a different style read, feel free to reach out to me and I'll do it differently. But right now I'm taking the approach of if you're going to put in your post or your request or your description, black voice, then my voice is is a black voice. voice. My
1: eyes are huge right now because I just think like (laughs) that is it's absurd the way that we have to navigate the constructs of blackness right Mm -hmm. like the fact that you as a black man have to put on there hey by the way like you wanted a black voice i am black Mm -hmm. yeah is insane because it's just like Mm -hmm. they've they've decided what blackness sounds like and it's like you can't get blacker than a black man yeah right and so it's just like that's really interesting i'm a six
2: to 220 right you're a black large man. Yes. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. And so it's like
1: what the, what black voice did you want on here <laughs> that I wouldn't be able to give you? Yeah.
2: And it's even it even has impacted my my marketing like it actually it drove me crazy for weeks of having to sit down and go back and forth and making decisions do I use like mo- most voiceover artists, you just use you, you get a nice headshot and use a photo of yourself. Mm-hmm. I eventually decided I'm not going to use my image at first mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. On especially getting started, people who are just scrolling through the profiles of a hundred different Damn. voiceover artists, they're gonna see me, and I'm gonna get pigeonholed
1: into Into things. that, oh,
2: that's a we'll save that when we haven't need an urban or black voice. Ugh. So I'm purposely. You'll notice that nothing of mine has my picture on it, which is kind of sad.
1: It is. But. I mean, but I get, I get it a hundred percent. But that is
2: again, that's just, sad. You got to think about this. Oh, there's some money, you right? You have so. to get
1: in too. Like <laughs> yeah. I think it it makes sense and like you've done your research of the industry but that does suck to have to mm-hmm. and i know actresses and people like a lot of people in visual industries have to do that also yeah. because it's just like they want you to be one thing yeah
0: yeah so what what like uh when i think about like the work that you've done with transperfect and having to like navigate different languages and cultures and things like how do you think that's helping you now as a voiceover artist
2: um it's it helps you. Well, in general, it just understanding understanding the importance of communication. I think the, that the work that I did at TransPerfect, uh, I always had an appreciation for for languages and and, and communications beca- because I come from, uh, you know, uh, an immigrant family. I was surrounded by people speaking French, Haitian, Creole and English at all times of my life. Um, so I always, it actually benefited the work I did to TransPerfect in the first place because Haitian Creole, I, like, uh, I don't know if either how familiar <laughs> y'all are with Haitian yeah. Creole, but it's a very flowery language that makes yeah. use of metaphors a lot. I've heard um, your
0: parents speak. I love the way your, your parents, <laughs> yeah, your
2: family yeah. speaks.
0: How did you like get, a, how did you escape without like an accent?
2: Um, there, I think my parents made a very distinct decision when my older sister and I were both, when we both got to the, she's two years and a half years old than me. So when she was around six or seven, I was around four, my parents just switched to all English, because they didn't want us to mm. have to have a trouble in school. Wow. Um, at least, I, as far as I'm aware, that that's the reason they did. Because the, the world uh, is trash. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and the irony of ironies is, then I went into a profession where had I because had Learned I been another, fluent yeah. in French and Asian Creole, <laughs> it would it would have worked in my favor anyway. Oh, wow. So. so
0: I have a couple of friends uh, who have also recently gone into voice acting. One of whom I used to work with. He um, he worked at a magazine I worked for, and he. Uh, like actually move to L.A. to like just dive into that world. So like what do you think is, is driving this kind of uh, demand for voice acting?
2: Um, well, I would definitely say that it is technology is a, is a huge driving factor. Um, you know, the digital transformation age, it's kind of it's it's kind of one of the one of the resulting impacts we're seeing is that there's so much uh, so much content is being put out there. And so much content is being put into mediums that have an audio component to them now. Um, you even see saw um, years ago. Even uh, I remember uh, when I when I was in sales at TransPerfect, we even um, shifted to a more of a focus on on developing the um, voiceover and and dubbing aspect of the business for the same reasons. Um, I'll give you some examples. Uh, first of all, you know, if you go YouTube, it, it YouTube has gone from you know. A lot of people put, people putting out individual content to big brands mm-hmm. having consistent portfolios of content they're pumping out, promoting themselves. Well, all of that stuff needs a voice to, 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 to actually give it life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the amount of documentaries that are being produced is insane. Um, audiobooks is huge, um, which actually one of the projects I'm working on now is an audiobook. But that's uh, a whole world where publishers before... Nobody really cared ten, 10, 15 years ago, audiobooks, they were there. But right. the, the degree now to which now everybody, the way since people are digesting them so heavily, like now it's actually something that people are concerned about where before it was kind of like, oh, if you want to do an audiobook, maybe go ahead. But, you know, you don't right. need to. Um, and then but the the real thing that a lot of people don't realize when you go into v- VO um it's funny because most of my friends they'll say, "Oh wow, can't wait to hear you on a commercial or or this and that, right?" And I go, "Yeah, that's great, but that's not what the what really where like the mainstay of like business that can keep you going is. Mm. It's a lot of the corporate work, things so like e-learning, that's a huge oh, development yeah. in the voiceover world. These are
1: things I don't think – like, yeah. you do hear a voice there, yeah. and it's like, that's a voiceover but, artist.
2: But 15, 20 years ago, or even less than that, you you started a job. A company gives you a handbook, and you got to read that handbook. Now, you go in, and you, you have a learning management system, and it's all dubbed over, right?
1: Wait, so tell us more about your project, your audio book.
2: Oh, so I'm working currently um, on a book with – it's a book that was written back in 1999 – um, or published in 1999 mm-hmm. by an author named David Shields, who is a white man. Mm-hmm. Um, who this book specifically, um, and he's written a lot of interesting books on topics that um, I guess the the best way I could say it that you've, a lot of white men are. Are hesitant to tackle because they're, they're, it's controversial, right? And it's a difficult topics. Like, but this book specifically is he followed the Seattle Supersonics. Um, he got uh, media what credentials sport is for it. This is a uh, the yeah. a national. Yeah. Sorry, the That's national. That's not compute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he the National Basketball Association, NBA. Oh, yeah. So for I he, never
1: heard of that too. <laughs> Uh
2: Well, because they don't exist. They don't technically exist anymore. Uh, okay. They it used to be the Seattle Supersonics. They moved to Oklahoma City. Now they're the Oklahoma City Thunder. Cool.
1: Oh, I heard think of I did that. Know yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, wow, right. Yeah. I'm dating. Remember,
2: we were talking about that yesterday. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and what's OK
1: OKC or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I'm uh-huh. dating myself. Here, huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, just right. also sports are not our jam.
2: Ever heard of Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, any of those names yeah. ring about? Okay. Sorry. Gary Payton hard sounded hard familiar time. for two seconds. <laughs> yeah. I think
1: that's a guy I know from work.
2: Well, anyway. <laughs> 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 the... Um, the he he followed um he had media credentials for about a, a year during a season in the in the mid 90s where he followed uh, this team and and kept a journal chronicling uh everything that he observed but um it it's not a book about the basketball aspect specifically not about the basketball techniques or strategies or or any of that he ended up really um, breaking down and analyzing the juxtaposition of race and uh, and, and athletics mm. in the framework of observing from a media perspective. I said, you know what? How about having a black voice actor who's been accused of sounding white for so long give voice to a white author tackling these complex topics of race it's
1: like inception
2: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so so are you right? going to
1: acknowledge it racial in the, like, inception are
0: you going to acknowledge the fact that you're black as you're reading
2: it i'm actually interested well at, when you're doing a voice there's the, you don't you know the, yeah, i'm just giving, just giving, I'm just just giving the voice to hit to hit to his yeah. thoughts but there are there's going to be some, some uh, without you know hopefully this creates some intrigue for people yes. who want to want to who might want to download it when, it when it's out in a few months or so but um there are some interesting parts where I am speaking from a white man's perspective using terminology that some people might not find so cool to have a white man saying. and I think it's going to be really interesting. I actually don't want to di- I, I might not divulge when it comes out um, at least uh, other than to my friends and family that it's me because I want to see what happens when people hear it and assume maybe that it's a white man.
1: Just to give our listeners who are either interested in this industry or a new industry, what's the first step of like making yourself knowledgeable?
2: The first step that I took and um, is, and I think there's oftentimes the first step that people are, the first thing people are often afraid to do when they're trying to do something to make money is to spend money, which mm. is so Ill, it's Ill- illogical, but mm-hmm. it's, it's exactly what people do, right? Because people are like, well, I don't know if I want to spend money on something that I don't know if I'm going to make money on, right? Right. But- the very first thing I did was I researched studios in New York City that did training and coaching and evaluation, and despite the fact, like, I had already done, pro- pro- you know, professional level voiceover work, mm-hmm. I had already uh, years ago um, done a a non professional demo that actually got me callbacks for auditions for several national campaigns to be the voice of some big national brands and that's what led me to realize okay I think I have a, an ability to maybe do this right mm-hmm. some talent but um, I then I paid to I paid to go to like a two-hour evening session at a professional studio where they assess you and you sit in front of some with some work with some casting directors and they tell you straight up either you got you have an ability for this or you don't and right. I've been training and getting coaching and practicing sitting in my little studio that I built for myself and recording for five to seven hours a day wow. by myself just recording commercials that nobody will ever hear
1: wow. till I get
2: just till I got to the point of being really, really good at it
1: that's good that's amazing advice thank so you no and that's a good leave like scare money don't make no money and yep. then get yourself <laughs> some people that will tell you the truth. I think that's important um where can people find you do you have Websites, stuff to promote.
2: Um, you can follow me on IG at Voice of Don. But I actually. What's funny? Um, my website was. I put my website on the back burner because, thank. Luckily enough, you know, good. These are good problems to have. Right. Um, the projects. That project I talked about and other projects that are in the works mm-hmm. took precedent over a website that's right awesome. now. So that's what you want. And a web. And the, at the end of the day, and especially like in 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 this profession, a website is kind of just a glorified business card anyway. Yeah. It's uh, to and people too, so. And Instagram. I
1: mean life happens there
2: so so that's basically for me right now follow me on on ig and then you'll find out more about what i got going on
1: yeah all right thank you don thank
2: you thank you guys
1: i love that whole idea of you know kind of quietly doing all this prep work when you're working on your own passion nine months Mm -hmm. of money and work Mm -hmm. before anyone else even knew
0: perfect in the craft 100
1: percent. yes so that was good um okay, now we're on to our last segment which is our LLC. That's our learned, loved, canceled. Um I have a loved and a cancel this week that are both quick, so I'll go ahead. So, my loved is um I was in New Orleans with five of my friends last weekend and we just like did not meet a black man there that didn't call us queens. <laughs> And, like, I'm not even a big, like, kings and, like, we were all kings and queens in Africa. Because, like, we weren't. Some of us were just, like, workers. We weren't all kings and queens. (laughs) But um, something about it just felt so, like, you know, I don't have southern roots. And so some of it just felt so Familial, Mm -hmm. um and it was never in a like oh hey girl like at all it was just like morning queens and if it was like an older guy he would call us princesses and it was just like everybody and you know me and my friend like we love the like hey baby and just like the Mm -hmm. new orleans so um (laughs) i love that city i went when i was a grad student and like barely remember it because all we did was drink and so it was nice to go as an adult this time and like go to museums and art galleries and like see the city outside of bourbon. Like Mm -hmm. we, we barely went to bourbon. Um, so yeah, I just love, I, you know, I just love black people and like just hearing like black men on the corner, just across the street, morning Queens. (laughs) I just like loved it. I could definitely get used to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and my cancel this week is, I mean, they've been canceled, but so you sent me this actually about Gucci So I had heard about Gucci having a turban on the runway last year because it it was on the runway last year. Apparently, backlash from the runway does not stop these companies from putting the product in stores. Mm. So the same thing happened with the Burberry noose hoodie that was on runway last year. (laughs) People were like, what is this? Burberry's like, oh, sorry. And then they're like, Okay, but a year later, we think you forgot about it. We're going to put it on our website. And that's like what Gucci did. Like Gucci got oh, so man. much backlash because it's not a decorative turban. And when the, it was on runway, people are like, that's disgusting. You cannot turn a culture into a costume. You're garbage for that. And then now they're like, oh, but it, we're going to put it in Nordstrom's for like $500. I
0: think it was $800. And think, pe- crazy. And
1: think people aren't going to remember or notice? And, like, you know, we've had this talk, and I just, where's Dapper Dan? Mm. I thought Dapper Dan was making a, like, here's how to not be awful an awful fashion company school. And not to say that he, like, is in every meeting and he knows every. Because being in the fashion industry, I know that something off runway was set to be in stores way before we see it in stores right Mm -hmm. like it had to be on the it had to be in production in china it had to be on the water for three months so it's like a long time before things actually get into stores Mm -hmm. and so i fully understand that maybe he did not was not aware that this was about to hit but i'm just like i don't feel like i've seen a lot from gucci since The blackface thing and this whole call to action of like don't cancel Gucci we're gonna do better and for me this was just the next step of like y'all really don't care you're gonna make money regardless which I should duh that's what they're gonna do.
0: I mean, it also reminds me of what you be saying, what you say sometimes.
1: No, what I be saying, because <laughs> I, be, I do also be saying reminds
0: it. Reminds me of what you be saying. Yeah, I
1: do be saying about
0: it. how, um, you know, companies know that things are gonna get outraged and that you know.
1: Yeah, so maybe that's why them. they're doing it. Yep. So yeah, that was it. I mean, this is another. These camels are so funny because, like, my thrifting behind is was never intending to wear Gucci, but I just think it's like gross how. Everybody acts like they can be racist and then say we're learning. Hmm. Everyone learning what? <laughs> At this point, if you haven't learned, it's because you don't want to. I'm done. Everybody's canceled. You this are week. so
0: over today. <laughs> I'm so
1: over today. Everybody's canceled. But yes, yeah. are quick. Okay.
0: I had a, um, a loved and a cancel. My loved is um, Uber's new feature uh, called Quiet Mode. Hmm. Um, which lets you specify what level of chattiness that you desire <laughs> from That's your Uber for New driver.
1: We never want to talk.
0: Beginning today in the United States, riders will be able to select quiet, preferred, or happy to chat in the app, or just leave the setting at no preference, so the driver will have a heads up before he or she picks you up. And I love this.
1: We as human, <laughs> you were full robots now. Like. We don't ever want to speak. But
0: but but you know that's not me because you you laugh sometimes about how you I like. You like a small chat. I like, I like a small chat. Remember, like.
1: remember I called it forced <laughs> forced small talk and you were like, oh, you mean conversation?
0: <laughs> like you get mad when I ask, my, uh, ask the waiter like what well, the, their favorite Well, would
1: you prefer? <laughs> like what? Your stomach or your taste buds. Order something. You're right.
0: Anyway, but there are times when you just want yeah, to relax, to go home, or yeah. Like, yeah, or just like quiet, or just like sometimes I meditate. You know, if I'm on my way somewhere, and sometimes you just you're trying to not. Be res- you give like a one word response right. to something, or you be like, mm hmm, yeah, yeah, mm hmm, mm hmm, and they just keep going, like they, because they think they need to do that in order to get a tip, right? But really, I if would they, be yeah. more. I
1: would give you more tip if you were exactly. quiet the entire time. So
0: I'm very glad for this option. Um, that's my love. <laughs> I can't wait to start taking advantage <laughs> of that. Um, and then my canceled is just broadly. Um, this seemingly uh nationwide effort um in some of our largest cities to criminalize homelessness um so um this stuck out to me mostly because of a new initiative that uh that was voted a- down in Denver called initiative 300 um they're calling it they were calling it a right to survive measure um that would have uh, tried to curb police arresting and prosecuting homeless people for, like, living on the streets, mm-hmm. right?
1: As so, if they had anywhere else to go.
0: Right. So um, so they tried to package this bill, um, th- this uh, initiative in the bill about, like, hallucinogens, like uh, re- whether to decriminalize re- recreational consumption of hallucinogens, like mushrooms and stuff. So the people chose to decriminalize hallucinogens but they like overwhelmingly (laughs) overwhelmingly chose to keep criminalizing homeless people for sleeping outside 82 percent of people voted no on this initiative 300 which would have like repealed the city's ban on like you know sleeping outside sleeping on on their blanket and this was was
1: in denver this was in denver and it's just like
0: so, like, y'all, like, voted for... This wasn't, like, a just a policy gone wrong. Right. People are voting for homeless... Like, for homeless people to be arrested for sleeping outside. But this is, you know, th- these kinds of um, laws are... You know, this, this sentiment toward homeless people is growing yeah. in some of these larger cities. And it's due to mostly, like, gentrification, obviously. Mm-hmm. um, You look at what's happened in San Francisco. Um well these tech companies have just like amassed so much uh have become so concentrated in in um in san francisco and oakland and driven up the housing prices and therefore you see people just like not having anywhere to go mm-hmm. um i you know as i told you recently i was in atlanta um you know people are losing their homes there are people literally being like you know uh kicked out of neighborhoods in atlanta and like shipped to housing developments and other um, parts outside of the city um and i don't know it's just i guess that's just my cancel. like uh, the lack of care sust- about humanity care about humanity but also like economic development that doesn't involve displacing mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and then criminalizing them for being displaced mm-hmm. that's all
1: your business yeah. you can't do that every time that doesn't make things less trash that's it for us guys thank you so much for all of our new listeners that came on we really appreciate you please visit our show notes our patreons on there our ankles anchors ankle <laughs> our anchor support is on there um things that don talked about in his interview we'll put there all of that so we appreciate you guys follow us on your business pod love you
0: love you